decree over yourself, there's absolutely no lack in my life. And don't tell me this, well, this is not really true. It's because it's not, I don't see it. You don't need to see it in order for it to be there. You don't need to see it for it to really exist. You need to believe that God is who he said he is. You need to believe and act on that faith. What we did here this morning is we were feeding on the spirit of the living God through faith. Say through faith, I become partaker, a partaker in Jesus Christ. I become a partaker in Jesus Christ when I feed on him in faith. We're feeding on him in faith day by day, moment by moment. When we read our word, we're feeding on faith on him. We feed on him. We let him come on in. We let the spirit of the living God flow in and through us. When we worship, we're feeding on him. We're becoming partakers of Jesus Christ. In other words, his divine nature is now our nature. Say, his nature is my nature. His divine nature is my nature. I have no lack and there's no need because I've, I've got the one that fills my every need, which is Jesus Christ. He fills, he sustains, he equips, he empowers, he heals. He is everything to me. Say amen. 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 Hallelujah. We're going to read this scripture here together. Second Peter one, four, but I'm going to start. I'm going to start in verse three. It says his divine power. That word power is dunamis. So his divine power, his dunamis power has given to us, put your name or put me in there. Let's personalize it has given to me. His divine power, say, repeat it. His divine power has given to me all things. Stop right there. Turn to your neighbor. Say, his divine power has given to you all things. Turn to somebody else. His divine power has given to you all things. Not some things. The word says all things. All things. We got to know this, okay? You know, when you walk in faith is when you know when, what the word says. When you walk in faith, it's because you understand what the word says and you've made it your own. You own it, right? So he's given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everything that pertains to life, that means dunamis life. That means his, the fullness of his life. That means everything God wants to do and birth out of you. He says, I've already given it to you. Don't strive for what you yet don't have because it's actually already in you if he's called you to it. Right? And so he's actually already called you. The author in you is already there. The preacher in you is already there. The mother, the father in you is already there. That business owner, it's already there. The helps ministry, it's already there. You just need to recognize everything that pertains to life and godliness. He's given it to me already. Reconciliation in your family. It's already there. It's already there. In other words, you've already been equipped because he's given you what kind of power? Dunamis. Dunamis power. So you actually are already equipped to walk in God's fullness. You are you really are. You may not think you are. You may not believe you are. That's a problem. Say that's a problem. Because our belief must come into alignment with his word. When our belief comes in alignment with his word, we actually walk out what he's promised us. We will walk it out. You'll see a shift and a change in your own life when you believe him at his word. So we say he's given me all things that pertain to life, right? Amen? And godliness. Okay, we're going to keep on reading. Hallelujah. 
all things to pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. And I want to stop again because it's through the knowledge of Jesus. You know, you won't have what you need unless it's through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. You get the knowledge of Jesus Christ through staying in his presence, in, at his feet, reading his word, you get to know him. Say, so I get to know him more and more day by day. And when I get to know him, I actually have what he's already said I'm going to have. I, I already own it now, and it'll come into manifestation. It'll be revealed. Say, it'll be revealed in me, in you. So this scripture is powerful. Every scripture is powerful when you have the revelation that it's speaking. God's word speaks. It's always speaking. God's word never, because why? Because who is, who's the word? Jesus is the word. He's not sleeping. He doesn't slumber. He's alive and he's well and he's speaking to you right now. He's speaking to you through the word. But you've got to come in agreement with what is being said. You actually have to say, yes, I want this. This is mine. I'm going to, I'm going to submit myself to the authority of Jesus Christ. And I will walk in the fullness of everything he has for me. Everything. There is no lack. None whatsoever. I want you to decree over yourself. There is absolutely no lack in my life. And don't tell me this, well, this is not really true. It's because it's not, I don't see it. You don't need to see it in order for it to be there. You don't need to see it for it to really exist. You need to believe that God is who he said he is. You need to believe and act on that faith. And then you start to see it. You'll see it when you act on it. You'll see it when you believe it. You got to believe it. Say, I believe it. I believe God to be everything he's already told me he is. I believe his word to be true. It doesn't return void. What is it that you need? Because he's already given you everything you need for life and for godliness. Dunamis power. Everything. You need healing in your, in your relationships. It's present. Because the healer is present. You need a financial miracle. It's present. Come on, Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Jireh, he's the one that provides. And Jehovah, Jehovah Rapha, the healer, he's the one that heals, right? So we have to know this. See, but the, the, the enemy wants you to not know fully. He wants you to not know fully so that you don't receive. That's not going to happen on your watch in Jesus' name, right? Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's keep going. So the knowledge of him who called us by his glory and his virtue. Now, verse 4. By which we... By which have been given to us exceedingly great, exceedingly great and precious promises. So in other words, it's not just good promises. It's not just God is a good God, but it says exceedingly great. That means above great. That means above great, above and beyond great. That means better than you thought. Better than you thought. Exceedingly, exceedingly great, precious promises. These are the types of promises. And these, he says, you may be partakers of the divine nature. I don't think you're getting it yet. Yeah. Partakers of the divine nature. What is a divine nature? A divine nature is something that comes from the heavens. It's, it's God himself. It's God's glorious divine power on you. When you come into, wow, Lord, explosive, creative power in me, what do we do today, Lord? What would you have me to do today? Then you're starting to walk in the beginning of revelation. Amen. Just the beginning. Just the beginning of revelation. Amen. 
You know in part, God's continuing to reveal to you more. But as you embrace more, more comes. Who's understanding what I'm saying here today? Let's read the rest of it. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, you have escaped. God's drawn you out of the pit. He's removed you from that pit. Now, if you've been removed from that pit of destruction, wouldn't it be wise for you to walk in the fullness of truth because the wisdom of God, which is manifest to every believer, is active in your life? The wisdom of God? right? So we have to walk in the wisdom of God. We must walk in the wisdom of God. I want, to tear, I want to tell you something that happened on the other, our last service. Some of you know already, but the wisdom of God is what every believer needs. The wisdom of God, the discernment of God is what every believer needs. We live in a culture that the wickedness is being more and more exposed in the plain light. Clear, day, just daylight. In other words, people are not ashamed to reveal what is wicked. It's becoming, for some, less and less shameful to do the things that years ago you would have never dreamed. You would have been like, oh no, we don't talk about that. We don't say that. We don't go there. We do. It's becoming in your face. You can't go by a phone without seeing posters of things, uh, you know, of the same sex together in, in a clearly intimate glance towards one another. You can't, you can't drive down the freeway without these things being in your face. So what I'm saying is you don't need to be in sin for you to, not to, for you to be exposed to these things. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And so when wickedness is everywhere, what are you doing about it? Because it is your job to know the truth, to walk in discernment, and to actually expose it. It is your job. It is our job to know it, walk in the discernment, and expose what needs to be exposed. I'm sure many of you heard last week of that so-called concert that happened. Yeah, Travis Scott. And, and um, the deaths that came about in that wicked, evil, you know, festival that they had, concert that they had. I mean, come on, that's just one in the line of many. I know that. But you, could you imagine? Sending your child, your 13-year-old son or daughter to a concert like this and they never return home? Or you have to go to the hospital to revive them from, from ICU because of the things that were happening there in clear, plain daylight? And when people are being carried away, they're either, either dead or they're already knocked unconscious and people are just carrying them away and the singing continues as some kind of a death ritual, a chant that is sung over them and everyone is so mesmerized by this spirit that the majority, their hearts are seared and they don't even stop to think how wicked, how evil. When you, are, when you have to walk into something and you actually have to walk into some skull-like demonic statue. I mentioned this on Saturday. I don't know how many of you caught it, but I mentioned this on Saturday. When you have to walk into some skull-like demonic monster's head to get into the venue, but our kids or some of them are going to these. Why? Wickedness is so 
relevant. It's in your face. And we've got to speak up. Years ago, this would have never been so out in the open. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm saying it's becoming blatant in your face. And we have to be able to speak up to what's wrong. You have to. There's a generation of people that don't, they don't have the same opportunity. Here's, here's the difference. We walked in the app, um, AT&T store the other day to get a phone. And, you know, right there on the little billboard, like I said, it's a picture of two guys, and they're clearly... They're clearly in an inappropriate relationship. You can't deny what the picture that had no words was trying to tell us. Amen. Well, you and I know because we've been raised in a culture where we knew this was called shameful. It's actually called an abomination. We know because we know what the word of God says. But what about the little ones that are being raised? And this is their everyday sight. Like they see this everywhere they go. Why? Because if they could, if the world, if the enemy can dull the hearts of people, dull their senses. The word of God keeps us sharp. Iron sharpening iron. Iron sharpens iron. When iron sharpens iron, sparks fly, right? If you're going to try to sharpen two pieces of iron, you're going to have sparks. So in other words, it's not always comfortable, but you're going to be sharp, Right? But the world doesn't want that. They don't want to hear the word. So if you don't want to hear the word and you don't want to be sharpened, you're going to be dull. If you're dull, then your heart becomes seared. We've got to teach our children. We've got to teach this generation what is right, even when they don't want to listen. I deal with this all the time. It's not about them hearing you, agreeing with you, or even liking you, but it is about you speaking truth. Because if you don't speak truth, let me tell you, they're being bombarded with this stuff everywhere they go. And, it's, and what the enemy's assignment is, is to keep this normal. Oh, it's so normal. You've been taught this from school and everywhere you've been since you were four years old. You know, those that go to preschool, public preschool, that is. You know, since young, young ages. So, Church of God, we carry the riches of heaven. His divine nature is on the inside of us. And we have everything that we need for life and godliness. Everything. But you can't think that your silence is going to do them service. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's to actually do them a disservice. You must speak. So what if they don't like you? So what if they don't agree with you? The Bible tells you, and I'm actually going to turn there right now. Just, let me just go there real quick. Because, I, you know, we have a generation that is so afraid of speaking authentic faith because they're concerned that somebody's going to call them a hater. A hater. Oh, you hate. Well, you're just a hater. But you know what the Bible says, and I'm trying to find it. It is in Romans. I, I'm trying to find, and maybe somebody can help me, because I wasn't going to go here today. But there's a scripture in Romans, and it talks about, somebody look it up for me, please. And it talks about where if you come into agreement with wickedness and you don't say anything about it, you're just as much as fault 
as the one that is doing it. Somebody look it up. It's in Romans. If you don't, if you don't speak up, in other words, your silence, your silence puts a guilty, you know, tag on you. Like, you must speak up. Oh, the church doesn't want to hear this. Why? Because it means you got to do something. It means you're going to come and you're going to have some opposition. Anybody find it? Hallelujah. Father, help us to find this scripture. Thank you, Lord. You know, all you have to do is put it in your Google search, people. I don't have a phone. I really want to find this scripture, so I don't care how long it takes. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. And they come into agreement with even those that do evil because their absence, their silence, that is. How many know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about. We're just having a hard time finding the scripture. Okay, let me go find something. Hold on. I don't think so. You know, No, mm -mm. no, it's such a specific verse that I was looking for. Um, it is such a specific verse. Lord, help us to find it. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm going to go back to Romans 1. I'm going to go back to Romans 1. No, I know you guys are all in the, in the God's wrath on the unrighteousness. Well, it talks about, oh, wait. No, 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 no. It's, it's here. I found it. it. Thank you, Jesus. Romans 1 and in verse 32. Verse 32. And it says, Who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, and not only... And not only do the same, but they approve of those who practice them. Now, we're going to back up because I want to read this thing in, in um, context, okay? Let's go to verse 27. Likewise, also, the men, leaving, natural, leaving the natural use of the women, burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due, 
And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness. So this is not just talking about homosexuality for those that are going to be, oh, you're a hater. This is all of it, guys, all sin, right? Maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. Um, they are whisperers, which is like gossipers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of all evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. So there's a lot, a lot of things listed there, right? And then it says, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do they do the same, but they approve of those who practice them. Tell me we don't live in a generation of those that are approving. They may not want, they may not identify with some of the sin that I've just listed. They may not be walking in it themselves, but they're approving. Why? Because they want to be, they want to, they don't want to, they don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to appear as a hater, but they're approving. But God lists that in right there. That is not acceptable. There is a penalty for approval of what is evil. You cannot approve what is evil and be okay with it. God doesn't approve it. Somebody's going to say, oh, but they just need love. Of course they need love, but love is not sloppy. Love is not this sloppy agape that you just go, well, just love and turn a blind eye. Did God just love and turn a blind eye with you? Didn't you have to at one point in your life repent of things that were done wrong? Yes, he says, come as you are. But don't stay as you are. Change. Change. You got to repent. And so if we don't understand as believers in Christ, our job, Yes, we love, but we cannot compromise what is true by avoiding it because your silence is still speaking. They have to hear your voice. Amen. This generation has to hear that there is another, the flip side, the truth. I was just in a discussion with this someone with the other day, not that long ago. And, uh, oh, they'll tell you they love God. And I believe they do. For some, I believe they do. But you ask them, do you read your Bible? And they say, no, no. If they read their Bible, the spirit of the living God would bring conviction. Amen. So it's easier for me to say, I love God and I ask him for forgiveness, but I believe God is okay with this because he's, I'm still in this position, but I'm not going to read my Bible because that's where the conviction is going to come. That's where the word is being renewed within me. As I read, as I look at the word of God, it's coming alive in me. What's why it's so important that you stay in the word of God right? So church of God, we have to know the word of God and we have to be with our swords sharpened with the discernment of the Lord, knowing how to speak truth, when to speak truth and know that when you speak it, God will use you. It's not going to be comfortable. So get over that. It's not going to be comfortable, but, but if you, but it's their life. I guess I just look at it as a life, a soul that God assigned you. If you're in their life, God assigned you to speak. He assigned to speak. So Saturday, we had another situation that came about and that somebody was getting delivered of, of being involved in certain things that they did not know was, was wrong. They had no clue. See, but it's this, what I'm saying here today, if we don't speak up and tell them that this is not godly, you're not, say, you're not 
You're not putting yourself over them, being prideful. You're telling them the truth because you love them. If we, if we have a generation of silent Christians, which is what the world wants to do, it wants to silence you, intimidate you, you know, shut down your platforms where you're going to speak, anything that is of value, right? I'm trying to shut you down. The enemy is. But if we have a generation that is, is not going to speak up for truth, slowly but surely, blinders come on. They will come on to people that we love. Uh, we know it already hap has happened, but, but it'll just continue, right? And so this situation that happened on the, our last service, this lady did not know what she was doing was wrong, and she said it. She said, I had no idea. And, and some of you that were here know because she manifested in a really, you know, um, vocal, very, well, she manifested in a very strong way. Um, couldn't, but she couldn't speak, but she was being tormented and contorted and everything, and she, her, her voice was being blocked and gagged. But when she finally came free, she had to renounce her involvement in crystals, in energy healing crystals, in rocks that they use in witchcraft, witches and new age. They had the bracelet, the beads that they have all this. And what is it? These are invoked to bring in demonic spirits. She had said she also did sage, will you burn it? And the, the, the point, or at least what they're told, is you burn this thing and it's supposed to get rid of evil spirits. No, quite the contrary. You bring them in. Christians not knowing this. And I had somebody else tell me about a mattress that now is being sold with, these, with crystals and such in them. And that many Christians, and not just Christians, but pastors are saying it's okay. This is good because you feel better. There is pleasure in sin for a season, but in the end it leads to death. And we have to know the word of God. And we have to know that in the world that we live in, you guys, it is your job to find out what's going on. It is your job. Don't bury your head in the sand. It is your job to know what are you looking at, what are you buying, where are you going. It is your job. We are holy vessels before God. And if a holy vessel is going to stay holy, you've got to take care of your temple. You have to take care of your temple so that you can stay sharp because you have an assignment. You have a job to do, to speak forth truth. Because we have a dying generation of children that are being told a whole bunch of disgusting, demonic junk and they're not trying to hide it. They're being very, very, very vocal, very much in their face. Mm -hmm.